From COK Studios in Bob Boylan's bungalow, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider how the 2020 Democratic field is shaping up ahead of next week's debate. We'll also consider amazing new scientific discoveries in our new series, Consider the Science. No, seriously, consider it. And we'll consider why nobody considers science. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Rainbow Sunflower Dog Training and Wellness Center, now enrolling for fall classes in Corgi CrossFit, Mindfulness for Mutts, and Pug Pilates. And listeners like you. And if one of our listeners like you is our 13th caller, you'll get VIP tickets to see Ario Speedwagon and Journey in concert. Call now. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. Labor Day has long been the unofficial start to election season. So far, two rounds of Democratic debates and two fundraising deadlines have revealed a lot about where the Democratic primary stands. Former Vice President Joe Biden continues to lead, even as questions linger about his candidacy. Meanwhile, after a good summer, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren is clearly on the rise. And Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders maintains his significant and loyal base of followers. California Senator Kamala Harris saw a quick rise and then a receding after the second debate. And time is taking for the rest of the candidates to stand out in the still-crowded field. That still-crowded field will meet on stage for the next debate on September 12th in Houston on ABC and Univision. The moderators will be George Stephanopoulos, David Muir, Lindsay Davis, and Jorge Ramos. Our own Cordell Nutbrock applied to co-moderate, but apparently he and George Stephanopoulos have a very contentious relationship. I heard they've had multiple fistfights. Jeez. Joining us to talk about what the candidates need to do ahead of and at the debate are Democratic strategist James Carville and 2016 presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. I was also a senator from New York and secretary of state. Oh, we know. Believe me. I just want to make sure everyone knows my credentials. Mr. Carville and Secretary Clinton are with us as part of our Consider the Vote 2020 coverage and will be here as members of the COK team until Election Day. Thank you both for being here. I'm just here as part of my court-ordered community service. I left the scene of an accident after I got drunk at an LSU tailgate last season. Go Tigers! Yikes. I'm here to reconnect with people, and also because none of the major networks wanted me. It doesn't matter why you're here. We're just glad to have you as part of our 2020 election team. Yeah, what Can we just get this over with? Certainly. Joe Biden is still the man to beat. What does he need to do at the debate to maintain his lead? Well, he has struggled mightily with voters under 35. He's facing an enthusiasm gap, and he's got far from the majority of supporters within the party. He still has a long way to go before he can be seen as the likely nominee. I agree with James. Joe has a lot of issues as a candidate. When you've been in government that long, it's hard not to have all your skeletons come back to get you. Believe me, I know. I think that Joe Biden is on his last legs. He looks like Hillary in 08 against Obama. Hey! I predict that he does something bad at this next debate, like falling asleep in the middle of an answer or patting one of the female candidates on the rear end while whispering into her neck centrally. My money's on Kamala Harris. 
Let's talk about Kamala Harris. I think that she needs a strong performance. She needs to be bolder like she was at the start. As a bold female candidate, I know that you have to come in hot against the older men. Don't let them get away with anything. What about Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren? They're both continuing to do well. As much as I'd like to see a female president, I don't think Elizabeth Warren is the one. She doesn't remind me enough of, well, me. As for Bernie, I could do without being shouted at and spit on for the next four years. He shouted at me plenty before I beat him in 2016 and became the first female candidate for president. Remember? You remember? Yes, we remember. Warren's got to show that she can weather attacks from the other candidates. The Pocahontas stuff hasn't been brought up yet, but it will. She's got to learn to fight dirty if that happens. I can show her how we do it down in the bayou, Cajun style. Uh, who is your dark horse pick to make a strong showing at the debate next week? May Pete. I like the cut of his jib. Even though she's not as much like me as I would like, I think that Amy Klobuchar has a chance to make a strong case for herself. I'm available, Amy, if you want some coaching on how to be a stronger female candidate. Oh, give it a rest, Hillary. Nobody wants what you're selling. Just look where you are. Had you even heard of this show last week? Not even NBC wanted you, and they'll take anybody. Why don't you go drink seven or eight hurricanes and then drive home, James? My community service over with. Not quite, Mr. Carvel. This is going to be a fun 14 months until the election. For Consider the Vote, that was James Carvel and Hillary Clinton. Uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. We know! You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to our new science segment, Consider the Science. No, seriously, consider it. We were going to call it Science is Actually a Thing, or It's Science Dummies, but we wanted to be more inclusive of people who might be skeptical of science. Joining me to discuss science and why people don't seem to trust it anymore is COK's new science reporter, Albert deGrasse Hawking. Welcome to COK, Albert. Thank you. I think this is such an important new segment, and I'm very glad to be able to work with you on it. We are all so excited. This series is designed to shed light on science in a way that might make skeptics begin to take it seriously. That's correct. Science is nothing to fear. It is here to help and improve things as we know them. For example, science is working hard to save the Great Barrier Reef that has been severely affected by climate change. In fact, a new report says the overall outlook of the reef is very poor. A downgrade from the poor grade assigned to the reef in 2014, the last time Australia released this type of report. I don't like the sound of that. Nor do I. Despite concerted efforts and investments, the condition of the Great Barrier Reef has declined since 2014. This is largely due to the impacts from climate change. There is only one way we can save it. Do you know what that is? Science? Correct! Science is the only way. The ecosystem's short and medium-term future depends on what happens in the next five to ten years. Five to ten. So we need to get to work by using science. With an investment in science, we can combat 
climate change to help increase the populations of humpback whales and southern green sea turtles, as well as to stop the bleaching of the reef. What else can science do? I'm glad you asked. Science can protect us from disease. For example, science developed vaccines that keep humans from spreading preventable things like measles and chickenpox. But what about people who believe vaccines cause other problems like autism? <sighs> science has shown that that isn't true. Science actually explains it in such a way that the evidence is almost incontrovertible. The only way that you could disagree with science is if you are a complete moron. So what you're saying is that we can trust science. Correct. Science is very trustworthy because it relies on proof. Obviously, there's some science that can't be trusted like chiropractors, but the vast majority of science has evidence that proves whatever it says, from climate change being real, to vaccines preventing disease, to the earth being round. Science has documented these things again and again and again and again. It just makes me furious that we're still talking about all these things because science has shown them to be true for decades. I can see why. As we move forward with this series, please understand that science is real, it is here to help, and it shouldn't be explained away by Jenny McCarthy or that piece of Donald Trump or some quack doctor or stupid religious leader. Science is why we are still alive and you better thank it instead of God. Thanks, science. That's the spirit. How do you think you got your new iPhone? Science? How about that swell electric car? Science. How do you think we landed a man on the moon? Science. Exactly. Thanks for coming by, Albert. I really look forward to working with you more. Me too. That was Consider the Science. No, seriously, consider it with Albert deGrasse Hawking. Now it's time for this week's Big Little Wins. Kudos to Pope Francis, who had to be rescued by firefighters from an elevator at the Vatican that got stuck for 25 minutes on Sunday. It seems that the Pope must still be pretty tight with God since he was only stuck for 25 minutes. Well, but if he was that tight with God, wouldn't he have been stuck for only a few seconds? I think God must still be a little sore about all the child abuse stuff. Well, rightly so. But that 25-minute rescue time is still pretty good, so this counts as a poporific Big Little Win. Congrats also to our own Trevin Motley, who discovered the majesty of Starbucks' new pumpkin spice cold brew coffee. I think he's had it at least three times a day since they were released last week. Even though all that caffeine and pumpkin spice can't be good for you, we recognize the objective bigness of this autumnal little win. If you have a big little win that you'd like to share with us, post on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us for breaking news on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. 
To subscribe to the podcast, you can do it at iTunes or at Stitcher.com. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Jeremiah Knight, Hobart Willis, and Spencer Cannon. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. So far, two rounds of Democratic debates and two fundraising deadlines have revealed a lot about where the Democratic Party stands. Primary stands. Shit.